That was all the best, and this is Not What You Think. I'm Zasha Rosen. Two years ago, around this time of year, I got an email from my mum. It was a strange email, and it started, As I write this to you, your father is spending the night in Belfast Hospital. My dad, who's with me in the studio now, is a psychiatrist. My mum works in mental health as well, and they were at a conference in Belfast. My dad was meant to give the keynote speech. He never did get to give it, though. And the thing is, well, let's let my mum tell it. We had her in earlier to record this. I'm Vivian Miller. I'm an occupational therapist and a mental health educator, and I work in the mental health field. Two years ago, my husband, Alan Rosen, and I were travelling around Europe, and the main reason for going was that Alan was a keynote speaker at a conference in Belfast. The conference was to start Saturday morning. Alan had been writing his keynote speech in all the various lovely places in Italy, and he was going to be giving it on Saturday morning. So Saturday morning, about 8 o'clock, he had had a shower, he'd had a bath, and uh, was getting dressed. So I was then getting dressed myself. I came out of the bathroom to find Alan staring out the window and saying, I'm confused. And I thought, oh, well, he's confused a little bit about some issue to do with his keynote speech, as, you know, we'd been talking about it for a while. Then he said, uh, where are we? I don't know where I am. And it was the first clue and the first small concern I had. It only got worse from there. He, he couldn't find anything in his files. He didn't know what he was doing. He kept asking me, why are we here? What are, what are we doing? Am, am I doing something today? And I would explain exactly what we're doing. And then he might, a couple of minutes later, be saying, oh, what are we doing here? Am I, am I doing something today? And I'd say, yes, yes, you're giving the talk on case management. And he said, oh, oh, what, what, what am I talking about, about case management? So I'd explain the myths. Oh, OK, the myths. Then a few minutes later, I'd get the same question and the same question, and he couldn't find his way around his computer files. I started getting a little bit worried at this stage. So I knew that the organiser of the conference would be downstairs at the breakfast room at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I told Alan, you keep looking, and I'll go down and I'll find the organiser. So I did. And I think it was just then when I talked to her that I suddenly started getting terribly emotional because I know I knew this was not good. She, she came up, we talked to Alan, we took him down. I, I then, being a good Jewish mother, thought, or wife, I suppose, food. You know, maybe, maybe food, that might help. So we went down for breakfast. And he followed me around the breakfast room and he took whatever food I took and that's most unusual that doesn't ever happen um, so by this stage I was getting pretty worried um, we then um, decided that he we really should take him to the hospital <laughs> which we did um, went to the emergency department of the hospital we waited there we were seen fairly quickly another young psychiatrist who was one of the organizers basically stayed with us for the whole day the long and short of it all, I suppose, is that Alan had many scan he had scans and blood tests and various things. The neurologist finally came to talk with him. And finally, the, the diagnosis that he made, he was asking Alan, in fact, he was asking Alan, how long did you spend in London? And Alan said, oh, not long. 
you know, a little while. Well, in fact, we didn't spend any time in London. So there were there were things that he was. This is called, I guess, confabulating. It's what what you do when you can't remember. Um, and it was just was at that stage that I said to the neurologist, um, we didn't stay in London. You know, I explained that he's been asking me the same questions all morning. Um, and that was part of the diagnosis of transient, transient global amnesia, TGA. I was worried because knowing a little bit about medicine as an occupational therapist, I was thinking maybe there's a tumour, maybe there's something terrible happening. I was also at that stage beginning to think we were in, in Belfast and we had to fly home to Sydney on the Monday, that this was Saturday. And I was thinking, how are we going to do it? I can't even, if we stop, I can't let him go to the toilet by himself because he won't know where he is. So there's a whole lot of things that I was beginning to get quite anxious about. However, the neurologist, his um, diagnosis meant it was that within four to eight hours, his memory, would, Alan's memory would start to come back. And after a few hours, it did. So that was my mum talking about what happened to my dad about two years ago today. We're going to go to a song, and then we're going to be back to hear about it from my dad's point of view. This first song is a song by Main Beach. It's called Always. They're a Sydney three-piece.
We're back with Not What You Think on FBI Radio, and we've just listened to a recording of my mother talking about the day my dad lost his memory for a day. His name is Alan Rosen, and he's with us now. Dad, what do you remember from that day? Well, I remember that um, the day was a Thursday, not a Saturday. And uh, I remember we travelled on the Wednesday through London um, from Milan to Belfast. And uh, I remember that um, checking into the hotel, getting a meal in the hotel and um, uh, checking my uh, talk on the computer before I went to bed. And um, then um, I don't remember anything from the next day. So it's really a matter of what your mum remembers after that because um, my memory of that day really just relies on what she told me. Is it like like is it like a, a video that's been sliced spliced together? You just have a, a blank space, or yeah, it's um, uh, not even like that. It's uh, there doesn't seem to be any space. I mean, I have this memory of of what happened on Wednesday night, and the Thursday and the Friday were supposed to be the conference. The Saturday and Sunday we um, were to um, be shown around Belfast by people who have been very involved with um, the social justice and reconciliation on both sides of the uh, the big um, conflict in in Belfast, the historical conflict. And then on Monday we were supposed to go home. What actually but, happened? Well, on the Monday morning, what your mother told me was that um, I um, we tried to operate the shower and neither of us could work out to operate the shower. So I had a bath, and um, then after that, um, I dressed fully, uh, and um, I was um, uh, ready to go down to breakfast as we had agreed with the organizer of the conference at eight am. Uh, except that she, what your mum told me was she told me she told me that I said that I was confused and I was looking out the window and I wasn't quite sure where I was and that I had somehow got myself into the computer and into my slides but uh, into my powerpoints but I, I didn't recognize them as familiar they I said they looked unfamiliar what's the first thing you remember though like you the first thing I remember is that is nothing from that morning but being in emergency department uh, about two o'clock that afternoon, about six hours later. And I remember joining in a conversation I apparently was already in because I was never unconscious, apparently, and I was never, a conf I was never confused in, the term in terms of aware cognitively. I was attentive. I was able to join in conversations, but I just couldn't remember anything, apparently. So I didn't remember laying down memories or didn't remember anything from that six-hour period. But gradually I, I, I witnessed myself coming into that conversation. So it was almost like a film that starts halfway in the middle of a conversation and you were just kind of there. I was just there, that's right. And never had an experience quite like it. It wasn't like a, an anaesthetic where time doesn't pass. Time seemed to have passed. And I'm not aware of any, any space that you're uh, talking about. But as I found out the story of what had happened to me, and I continued to have one more test, I think I think maybe two, I had a chest X-ray and I had a, a further blood test. 
And then they wanted to keep me overnight just to be sure because they thought I was coming out of something that was very benign and would not re recur on the, you know, on the stats. It was very unlikely that it would recur. But it was, it was also a feeling of exhilaration because I hadn't gone through the worry that your mother had gone through and because um, I was just unaware of what had happened. But realising that I'd gone through something that was that seemed pretty serious at the time and proven to be very benign and that it was unlikely to recur according to what the neurologist told me, I felt uh, quite... Um, Accelerated. It turned out it was called something called transient global amnesia, and we're going to go to a song and we're going to come back and talk about exactly what that is. Noise before the dawn Lures me Bridge 
That was Tiny Ruins with Carriages. You're on FBI 94.5, you're listening to Not What You Think, and we're talking to my dad. And my dad is telling me about a really weird, kind of scary, for the rest of us, day two years ago, where he lost his memory just for a day. And then it all came back, and it's been fine since then. And the name of the thing that happened to you is transient global amnesia. Yeah, well, what I was told at the time, when I um, uh, became aware again, was that it was a condition of just of memory, of laying down memory. And it, it was not a confusional state or anything else, but it was this a state of, of laying down memory which lasted would last between four to eight hours, and it actually lasted about six hours before I started becoming aware again. And um, that it occurs to people at any stage of life, but more usually between the ages of 40 and 80, and the average age is 62, and I was 67 at the time, two years ago. So, so what actually happens? What happens in the brain? This is only known at a theoretical level, but um, one of the theories, and probably the one that's most prevalent, is one about um, venous slowing or venous pooling around the area of the hippocampus where you lay down memory in the brain. That's the area of the brain where you lay down memory. Is that venous is in blood vessels? Yeah. So, so is there blood's collecting in that area? Yeah. And there's a further theory that sometimes it can occur when you have um, a condition that you can actually bring on by, you know, when you're trying to equalise the the air pressure in your eustachian tubes when you're coming down on, on an from an aeroplane and your ears are blocked. So, so when you blow you, on your ears? You blow, you hold your nose and, and uh, uh, you try and ex- add, the, add pressure to, your, um, to what's going on inside your, your throat. And that is sometimes called a Valsalva manoeuvre after a, a physician from the 17th century. And um, so that's, that sort of manoeuvre can, can occur spontaneously they say if you suddenly dive into cold water or you put yourself into hot water, and that's why the bath was relevant, uh, or it may have been relevant because we had the hot. I had the hot bath because I couldn't work out how to operate the shower. If you remember, so if, if that shower had been working, you might never have had this happen to you. Possibly, but but again, these are all theories, and there's people don't know the, the definite reasons behind it, and I find it very curious, and in fact, you know, the thing that I find most difficult about this is this is something that seems to be devastating that's occurring to me. I'm walking and talking but completely unaware of it but I'm still um, 
operating in life and I'm still in conversations and, and, and uh, in action, but I have no memory of that. Um, and that, and that, that should be able to happen and then only occur once in your life, which is the usual um, uh, thing, is more than curious. It's, uh, it's amazing that something that, that, that seems to be um, um, that devastating can happen like that and yet not happen again in your life. We might go to a song now. This is a song from the Twerps called Back to You. That was Melbourne four-piece twerps with Back to You. This is FBI Radio, where on Not What You Think, talking to my dad, Alan Rosen, who's telling us what it's like to lose your memory for a day. We've been through the experience. We've been through some of the medicine. What was it like afterwards? What did you do next? Well, I felt, um, as I was saying before, I felt quite exhilarated um, that I was there and that I was intact. And, that, you know, although I spent the night in hospital uh, for observation. The next morning I was released uh, pretty early and um, I went back to the conference and I was a discussant in the um, uh, final session of the conference. Um, that was on the Friday. And So you didn't give your keynote, but you did actually get up on stage right yeah, after this. Yeah, and, um, and, pulled, and pulled together the, the, the final session and that seemed to go all really well. And 
and then went for drinks with the um, with the other speakers afterwards. And you were flying back to some very worried family, and you, you had a very worried wife, and presumably our friends were very worried. We you, and you weren't at all worried through all of this. Well, I, I really, you know, what concerned me was was what Viv had to go through. What. Um, what she must have had to contend with when I didn't have any memory of it. So I wasn't worried because I just, I wasn't aware. She, you know, I said I had a hole in my memory. She said, no, you have, you've had a hole in your existence and that's probably right. Um, and, um, but she had to worry about, first of all, was it going to go on? She also um, has a mother who's um, uh, got dementia. So there was the prospect of having to look after two people now who had no memory for the rest of their lives. But in fact, when she got the reassurance from the neurologist, I think things improved for her. But the prospects at the beginning must have been pretty dire. The um, professor who um, was organising me as the keynote uh, and who had come up to to work out what was going on in the, you know, before breakfast. Um, and I asked her later, you know, well afterwards, you know, um, did I embarrass myself in any way? She said, "She said, no, you were a lovely patient, and that was the best thing she could have said to me. How do you feel now about, you know, as you get older, the possibility you could lose your memory? Does this change how you feel about that? Well, I, I feel privileged that I've had a taste of, of, of what that's like. And I must say that the most relieving thought is that it's painless because you just don't recall any of it. So it's very difficult, I understand, for everybody around you. But the, I guess the, the best gift out of this is knowing that if you have to lose, lose your memory in the longer term, it's not going to hurt you. That's not how it normally is for people going into Alzheimer's, no? No, and, and that really needs to be said, that um, um, it can be quite distressing for people who are aware they are going into early um, Alzheimer's, although... Um, often people adjust and sometimes people make really the most of it and help to become guides for others, uh, as well as um, making the most of their own relationships and the things they really wanted to do. And if you know someone who's been affected by Alzheimer's, or even if you yourself are being affected and you want to talk to someone about it, you might want to start by talking to Lifeline on 13 11 14. That's great. Thanks for coming in, Dad. Thank you for doing it, Zash. This has been Not What You Think. Thanks to my dad, Alan Rosen, for coming in and talking to us about losing your memory just for a day. My mum, Viv Miller, for telling us the full story earlier on. You can listen again to this show at ondemand.fbiradio.com. We also have a podcast, which includes this week's show and last week's show, which was all about landfill. Just go to fbiradio.com, click on On Air, then Programs and Playlists, and choose Not What You Think. Our podcast details are down the bottom there. The podcast also has a little extra material we couldn't fit into this broadcast version. If you're listening to the podcast now, stick around. It's after the last song. Not What You Think is produced by Laura Briley. The executive producer is Claire Holland. I'm Zasha Rosen. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new idea. Next up on FBI, Lunch. Here's a song from Brendan McLean, Jesus. Didn't expect to, didn't expect to see you quite so soon And I don't know if it's too soon I just didn't expect to, I didn't expect to see you quite so soon And I don't know if I'll 
I'm Laura Bradley, producer for Know What You Think. This is a little bit extra that we recorded, but we couldn't fit on air. But I think one of the things for you, Alan, is the fact you're trying to remember all the details, always, That's all right. the time. That's right. You're trying to get them right because you, you weren't there. That's right. <laughs> so, well, I need to piece them together. <laughs> so you reckon he remembers better because he doesn't remember it? No, wrong. I reckon it's more important for him to remember the details than it is for me to remember the detail. I might be wrong, but the way I remember it was that we arrived there on a Wednesday. The conference was Thursday, Friday. Would the date be on the email that she sent you? Yeah. Yes, um, it would. Yeah. Ah. Does it matter if I've got it wrong? No, it doesn't matter, except we're, we're telling different stories in a sense. <laughs> Do you think the story is different because I had the names of the days wrong? It was the 20th of November was the day it happened, 2012. Does it really matter? The of November was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. That's interesting. That In 2012. 2012. Yep. Gosh, we're both wrong. <laughs> what? Nobody's right. <laughs> Let me find the actual email. I should my computer and we'll do a better search over there. It just shows what memory is like, doesn't it? Oh, having this argument before. I would have the argument with Ashley. <laughs> what is memory? Yes. Memory is all about the point of view of the person who's remembering it. Yeah. Well, you, can have a, you can have one thing happen and five people witness it and they'll all have totally different memories. Yeah. About it. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas for me, like, memory is what you conclude after listening to all the different versions of it. No, but even then, like, the whole point is that there is no truth. He's, he's going to find out the correct date. Oh, okay. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> 20th of November 2012 was the Friday that I. When I um, was, I wrote this on the morning that I went back to the conference. So it must have happened on the nineteenth, and I think the nineteenth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's the sixteenth of November. This email is, is dated. So that would have been the day after. Uh, that was the night that he was yeah. in hospital. So th- it started in that that morning. So mm. that, that would have been the day then. So if if you received it on the, what was it, the 16th? Six, so it's either the 15th or the 16th. Actually, it's a Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And I obviously wrote my email to you that night, the night that he was in hospital. Oh, so I got it wrong. I must have been confused when I put that in there. So, so you're, 
Mum was right about the Thursday. It was a Thursday, Friday. It was not a... Okay. But she said it was a Saturday, Sunday, the conference. Yeah, I said Saturday, so, Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So everyone was a little bit right. So the, the two stories will not quite blend. But isn't that the whole point of this? Yeah, it shows. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that we were arguing about the thing. What is memory? 